Happy New Year to each and every one of you. It's 2022 now, if you're watching or listening along to this, and it probably feels like we're stepping into a time, a place, a space, when we're going to be told repeatedly what to do. That's kind of been a theme over the last couple of years, hasn't it? Where experts and politicians and leaders have been telling us what to do. And as 2022 dawns, I think that's probably going to cause a mixture of reaction in people. I think actually there's going to be some people tuned in today that are going to be quite happy, that are going to be quite pleased that at last there's been some clarity brought to the situation. Not the question marks that have been left hanging, but that when authority speaks, it clears things up and that makes us happy. Perhaps that's you this morning. You're glad that you're being told what to do because it takes um, options off the table and gives you clarity. I think there are others, perhaps, who will be suspicious as we walk into 22. Suspicious that those who are telling us what to do um, perhaps aren't doing it for the right reasons, with the right motives. Are they the experts that they make themselves out to be? Do they really have our um, best interests at heart? Some people will be looking at 2022 and the, the, the instructions, the commands that we've been told, and you'll be suspicious of them all. There are yet others, I fancy, who will just out and out reject, reject and rebel and refuse anything that is told to us, that our attitudes will be, I will not do that which I am told. Well, I don't want to tell you this morning how you should listen to voices and authorities out there in the, the public sphere. We can chat about that on a personal level if you want. But this morning, I want us to begin our year by beginning a couple of months looking together at the Great Commission. The Great Commission, even saying that, will make a lot of sense to a lot of people tuning in. Church folk, those familiar um, with the scriptures and how we use them, will know the Great Commission is dot dot dot. Perhaps there are others this morning who are tuning in, listening, and you don't actually know what that is. Well, we're going to read it in a second. But the Great Commission is the name that is commonly given to the final instructions of Jesus recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, um, one of Jesus' followers, attempt to write about his life, his ministry, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, concludes with these words. And generally speaking, throughout history, Christians have given weight and um, power and purpose to these words because they're the final words that Matthew decides to record for Jesus. Elsewhere, in other places, different New Testament authors, gospel writers, choose maybe a slightly different set of words, but generally speaking, the same sort of impetus, the same sort of vibe. And today, we're beginning the next couple of months spending time listening to Jesus's final words as recorded in Matthew's Gospel. If you want to read along, and I encourage you to read along, I encourage you after this morning's sermon to, to stick with Matthew. Uh, Matthew 28 verses 16 until the end. Commit these words to memory because we're going to be here for a while and that will genuinely serve you to hear and to learn from them. Matthew 28 
starting at verse 16, reading through to the end, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples travelled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you were with us for our church members and family meeting towards the end of last year, I said that we were going to be looking at that passage. We're going to be looking at those familiar words, the Great Commission, because we enter 22 as a church with potential. Potential to be the church that we've always wanted to be, perhaps. Potential to be the church that we always have been, on the other hand. But I suggested back then, and I believe it just as strongly now, that we need to be not the church that we want to be, not to be the church that we have been necessarily, but to be the church that Jesus calls us to be. And I want us this morning, very simply, just to notice this one thing about the Great Commission. There's so much we can dive into, and we will over the next couple of weeks, but I want us to notice this one thing. Where does it begin? Where does it start? It starts with Jesus' followers listening, hearing his voice, his instruction, his command, and obeying. Now that's not a given. It's not a given that Jesus will have directed them to a particular mountain in Galilee. We don't necessarily know which mountain that was. It's not a given that Jesus would have instructed them, commanded them, pointed them in that direction, and they would listen, and they would obey, and they would go there. Because at that time, I fancy there were many voices that were competing for their attention. There were many voices that were competing for their obedience and their allegiance. Not least of all, the voice of fear. Think about the situation that they find themselves in. Yes, Jesus has risen from the dead. That is the great and glorious news of the, the rest of Matthew chapter 28. That the Jesus who was crucified three days later was alive again. But I still imagine that there would have been this voice of fear speaking to each of Jesus' followers. Jesus had been arrested. Jesus had been convicted. Jesus had been executed, all while innocent. You can imagine, can't you, that his followers might have been frightened that the same thing could happen again, now that Jesus was alive once more, and the same thing could happen to them. So they weren't just blindly optimistic people, they were realistic people who had very real pressures surrounding them. So that voice of fear, rather than to follow Jesus but to go and to hide, would have been very, very real in their lives. Perhaps not just the voice of fear welling up inside them, but the voice of opposition making itself heard. If you read the rest of Matthew 28, you can see that those in authority who had put Jesus to death were already at work trying to, trying to quell the news of his resurrection, spreading rumours that his followers were the ones who had stolen the body. 
The opposition who wanted to put an end to Jesus very much wanted to put an end to the disciples, his followers, and the good news that he had risen from the grave again. Those who opposed Jesus before the cross and before the resurrection would still have desired and, and encouraged his followers to abandon him now. But this is the remarkable thing, before we get even get on to the words of Jesus in the Great Commission, is that the lies of these disciples were not being directed by fear, were not being directed by those who opposed Jesus, but were being directed by the risen Jesus himself. He is the one who still had their attention, still had their hearts, was still able to direct their actions. Why? Because Jesus' followers, and this is so important for us, Jesus' followers are people who listen to his voice and obey. I'm going to say that again because it is so important as we head into this new year. Jesus' followers are people who listen to his voice and obey. And that includes, by the way, it should be noted, some who doubted. That's not just a description of people who have it all figured out. Yes, we know exactly what's going on. Even those who doubted, Matthew said, listened to Jesus's voice and obeyed. We're going to explore that doubt more um, in further weeks. But here they are. They're gathering, not in Jerusalem where they were. They had to travel for several days to Galilee, to a particular mountain that Jesus had directed them. They're gathering to meet him, to fall at his feet, to worship and to submit themselves to him. And it turns out that's a really good thing that they've chosen to do because the first words out of Jesus's mouth is that he is the one with all authority, not just in heaven, but on the earth too. They're listening. They're coming before. They're responding to one who is truly in charge. The only one who really can't be ignored. The one whose voice carries weight. And I ask us the question this morning, who else would we have in the driving seat in our lives? There are other people in our culture, our society, in our little individual lives who are speaking, who are directing. But guess what? They all prove themselves ultimately to be poor, whatever, parents, gods, authorities. Haven't governments, politicians, leaders let us down in the past? Haven't we let ourselves down? And yet here is Jesus with all authority with all weight behind his words, he is Mr. Dependable. And more joyously than that, he is Mr. Good. He is Mr. Loving. He is Mr. Kind. We don't like the idea, I don't think, as humans, and especially in this day and age, of submitting to authority. We are suspicious of those with power. What do they seek to gain out of directing me? What do they seek to gain from being in charge and lording it over me? But remember, this is Jesus. The one who we are supposed to listen to and to obey is the one who willingly laid down his own life for our benefit. He gave up everything he had for the good of 
of those he would now command. Now contrast that to those we would normally be suspicious of, fearful of, eager and keen to rebel against. What if you knew that the one who was speaking to you, commanding you, instructing you, was doing it even though it meant that they would bankrupt themselves rather than enrich themselves? You'd be a lot more keen. You'd be a lot more willing to listen and to follow. That is Jesus. That is the one who commands. That is the one who instructs. Not so that he can gather and accumulate stuff for himself but so that he can give away, that he can enrich, that he can shed even his own blood, give even his own life so that we might live. That's a total game changer, isn't it? That is an utter game changer when it comes to how we respond to his authority, our willingness and our desire to hear what he has to say and to follow him. Because we know if we know anything at all about Jesus, that he desires what is best for us, even to the point of suffering the worst for himself. How much more would we trust our government if we knew that the decisions they were making weren't enriching them, but bankrupting them personally? And all of this, I think, begs the question for us then, as a church and as individuals, as we step into this new year, who will we be listening to? Who will be leading us in 2022? Who will be instructing us personally and corporately as a church? Because just as those first followers, those first disciples had other voices, they had other options that they could have taken rather than listen to and following Jesus, so do we. We have those same voices. We have people who are in opposition to Jesus. We have fear, perhaps, welling up inside us, but we have other options as well. And dare I say it, options which arise within the broader church. You know that there are scaremongers. There are doomsayers. There are, there are those that say that the, the world is a mess and that it's all unraveling and we need to despair and pull our hair out. And I'd love for them to read the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, which presents to us this same Jesus who instructs ruling and reigning completely. The one who is over and orchestrating everything that is going on. The one who is putting, not everything, pulling everything apart, but putting everything right. You know, we'll be tempted to listen to those scaremongers and those doomsayers because it latches on to that natural fear that we all have. It's hard to trust. It's hard to give ourselves all that. And so if we buy into this narrative, this story of the world as being ruined and ruin us to us, then yes, we'll feel more comfortable even if we are afraid. But that's not the voice of Jesus. That's not the voice of the one who brings peace and hope and joy. You know, there are also within the church those who I'm going to call gnat strainers. Those ones who would 
speak authoritatively into our lives and and call for our allegiance and our obedience and what they desire more than us trusting in Jesus is sorting our thinking out making sure that we've got all our I's dot and our T's crossed they're more more satisfied when they have that chance that opportunity to to rebuke and to put right others in the church And, you know, I think they're an incredibly appealing bunch to listen to because it feeds on that desire that we have to keep our Christian life purely and simply in our thoughts or in in the way that we talk about Jesus and following him over and above actually following him, even to the exclusion of doing the things that they would have us argue about. I don't think that it's going to be missed over the next couple of weeks, couple of months as we look deeper into the Great Commission. But Jesus doesn't command his followers to teach others what to obey. He commands them to teach them how to obey. See, Jesus is about our lives being changed, our lives being transformed. So much easier just to speak to think, to discuss, to argue rather than to be transformed. And so we'll we'll be drawn towards those voices that are more about straining the net than walking the walk. Scaremongers, doomsayers, gnat strainers. Do you know within the church as well there are sentimental opportunists? Those who will speak to us in the in the forms in the way um, pointing back always to the good old days this is how it was and you know that's tempting because who doesn't like the good old days the good old days were good the clue is in the name but Jesus is not the Lord of the past he is the Lord of the past he's the Lord of the present he's the Lord of the future I mean he's not a Lord who leads us backwards he's a lord who moves us forward forward into a far more exciting future and reality than that which we have experienced christ's voice is not a voice of fear it isn't about mere thoughts and ideas it's not about something that simply might once have been an emotion that we felt in a particular place at a particular time Christ's voice is one which brings us hope, brings us peace, brings us confidence and courage to move into the future. All of those voices may begin with Jesus, but they certainly do not lead us deeper into Jesus. In fact, I fear more often than not, they will lead us away from him. And we need to be very careful about the voices that we follow. So my encouragement to us as a church this morning is this, that we must resolve, resolve once again, re-resolve to listen to him, to Jesus and to obey his voice, to follow his leadership, to fulfill his commands. How will we do that? Well, I think the first step will be to quieten those other voices. 
because they will always be speaking. They will always be shouting. They will always be nagging for our attention and our allegiance. And we need to learn to quieten those other voices. That will mean turning off the names. That'll mean turning off certain Bible teachers. That'll mean asking questions of ourselves and asking questions of others but seeking to quieten those voices so that we can hear the voice of Jesus. And it'll mean investigating for ourselves. And isn't it an absolute marvel, a wonder, a miracle that we have such free and easy access to God's word? We should be desiring to soak ourselves in the scriptures as we head into 2022. We speak about this time and time and time again as a church. And I, and I think we'll never stop speaking about it because it's something that we can never say we've had enough of. And I don't just mean listening to the words in red that we find in the New Testament. I mean listening to the word, the entire scriptures. We need to soak ourselves in him and what he has to say to us through them. That isn't necessarily always to understand and to draw out a lesson and to pick and to apply, but to be washed by his word, to be transformed in our thinking and how we see the world that we live in by being in his world. word. So that's how we're going to listen to his voice more in 2022. And we can do it by interrogating asking questions let's not be afraid of asking questions small questions big questions crazy questions sensible questions we shouldn't fear asking questions of jesus because jesus is the one who comes to us and says i am the way i am the truth when we ask our questions if we do so humbly if we do so genuinely with a desire to know him more, then he will answer our questions. So don't be shy to ask them. And I think we can listen to Jesus's voice more by interceding, by praying. We spent so much time last year thinking, considering what prayer is. And, and, and I hope it helped us to snap out of that idea of prayer being simply what we do in order to change God. Prayer is an arena in which God can be at work changing us too. I'd love you to go back and listen to the series that we did right at the start of the very first lockdown, looking at the Lord's Prayer and how much needs to be changed and transformed in us in order to pray those words. Prayer changes things, but prayer changes us and it helps us come into line with the heart of to know him, to trust him, to listen and to follow him. Let me just finish by making this observation then. His followers listened to him. They obeyed him and it led them where? It led them to Jesus up a mountain. Now commentators argue over which mountain this was, but let me just tell you the, 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 the scenario, the situation that I find most appealing that this is the same mountain upon which Jesus was transfigured. This is the same mountain upon which Jesus' closest followers saw his glory fully revealed. Well, now here 
Here are all those who would listen and obey him, gathered together on that same mountain to see his glory. The one who had died and who is now risen to glorious new life again. When we listen to Jesus, when we follow him, when we obey him, it leads us to him and his glory. It moves us to worship. I love that really what Jesus then goes on to do is instruct them to share that glory with others. I think this is a passage which can be summed up like this, that when we listen to Jesus's voice, we will know him more and we will be called and encouraged to make him more known to others. That's what we've been saying for years. We're about as a church. And I think that is from the lips of Jesus himself. So let me challenge you, let me encourage you, let me suggest to you that in 2022, we need to be a people who listen to Jesus's voice, follow him and obey him. We quiet the others, we seek him out, we prepare ourselves to hear, we humble ourselves to do, and we should expect to see his glory shining brilliantly in our lives and in the lives of others around and desire to share that glory with others. Because that is what Jesus has called us to do. And we're going to be exploring that more over the coming months. Let me just finish now then by praying, asking him by his spirit, who he has given abundantly to his church, to work this obedience in our lives, to work in us so that we hear so clearly what he has to say. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you are, you have been, you are, you will continue to be a God who speaks. And when you speak, powerful things happen. Lord, we want to be a part of that. We want to be a people who hear your voice, who follow your voice, who obey your instructions and your leading. Lord, we want to see more of your glory and we want to share your glory with those that you've put around. We thank you that we don't do this alone, that we have each other, that we have the church more broadly. We even have the church through history to help us to hear and to discern what your voice is saying to us even today. We thank you most of all that you give us your spirit to work in us and through us and around us. Lord, by your spirit, quieten those other voices. Lord, by your spirit, amplify and magnify the the voice of Christ in our lives. Help us to be in this new year, not a church that we want to be, not a church that we have been, but a church that we are called by you to be. For your glory we ask this. Amen.